journey into the Bible and explore its hidden text and rich wisdom. Join Adol Kazilski Mondays at 1 p.m. for the trip of a lifetime. Shavua Tov, welcome, welcome. I'm Adel Kozulski and I'm excited to be with you for the next three quarters of an hour where we're learning my favorite, Torah. Because Torah is our Alexa, Torah is our guide, Torah is our wisdom and I hope you will join me in learning some wisdom today as we carry on through the Bible. We're in Parshat Vayechi, that is that we are in Genesis. We're in chapter 48. And we are now going to start discussing how uh, Jacob starts blessing his children before he was to die. Last week, we spoke a lot about the importance or um, the advantage of being buried in the land of Israel. And um, I hope you found that really, really interesting. Right now, we are going to go and see what, what Jacob does on his deathbed. I kind of like as I was learning um, this portion in preparation for our show today, I could not help but think what actually happened um, in in terms of the queen passing away. Um, she was found on her deathbed, uh, three, three, what's it, just last week. And um, we saw all the family rushing there to be by her. Um, and it kind of like just conjured up a, a, a scenario in my mind of what it would have looked like when Yaakov passed away and he was, well, he was about to pass away and he was on his deathbed. Well, I cannot tell you, and I'm not sure that it's been too much in the news, what the queen would have said or could have said um, when, she, when, when they realized that she was going to be transitioning and moving on to the next world. But we do know what happened with our forefather Yaakov. And so I invite you, Open up a book if you are driving. Well, please listen. Um, we are in chapter uh, 41, and sorry, chapter 48, and we're going to start verse 1. Of course, you're always allowed to ask a question, or you can pass a comment. Um, I love to have a dialogue. 34519 is our SMS line. 0618951019 is our telegram number. It was after all of these events, that means of, of Jacob coming down and settling down and having 17 years. It was told to Yosef, please note, please come see your father is sick. He took his two sons, Manashe and Ephraim, along with him. As we spoke before, as we said in, in Parshat Chaya Sarah, that from the time of Adam until the time of Yaakov, people never got sick. People merely sneezed and they would die, even if they were walking in the middle of the street. And Yaakov prayed to God um, and said to God, as we've said before, that it is not right for a man to die so suddenly. You've got to give a person a chance to uh, make a last will and testament for his wife and his children and to right all the wrongs that he's done during his lifetime. And God granted uh, Jacob uh, his prayer, and he was the first one to suffer um, of a terminal illness. And that obviously gave Yaakov time to speak to his children and teach them, as as we will see. Um, now, who was the one that came and told him it was none other than Ephraim okay 
um, it was it was Ephraim that came to tell his father, and so he went and told his father, and they both came back to Yaakov. Now, just very interestingly, you know, um, today we have a custom when somebody sneezes, we say, bless you, or we say, labriot, or tzagazud. Okay, where did that custom come from? Well, in the Midrash, in the Ma'amlo is, it actually says a very interesting thing. Because sneezing was a sign of instant death, they actually had a whole long thing when a person sneezed in the olden, olden, olden days, and he didn't die. So what would happen is if a person heard uh, somebody sneeze, you would say to him, Chaim Tovim, which means good life. And the person who sneezed should respond, Baruch Mechaye HaMeitim L'Shuatcha Kiviti Hashem. Blessed is the one that brings the dead back to life. It is from your help, I hope, Hashem. Meaning that he was thanking God for allowing him to avoid death. Okay? Um, and then the person who said bless you to him would say, Yosifulachem Shnot Chaim. May you have many, many more years of life. It was like I said, it was a sign of, of, of gratitude. So the, the, the person sneezed, the person who heard it said, Good life. The person who sneezed replied, Blessed is he who brought the dead to life for your help, I hope, O God. And the person replies back again, who hears them sneeze, may you have many, many more years of life. I guess that's pretty much a mouthful, um, you know, for people to say. So today I think we have the shortened uh, version of bless you, thank you, or labriot, tzagazunt. But that is really the custom because a sneeze in those days was in fact a very, very dangerous uh, thing. You just used to die. Now, why was Ephraim the one who went to, to Yosef? Because when Yaakov got ill and he was lying on his bed, it was his grandson Ephraim, who was, who was also a student, who sat by the be- his, his, bed, his, his, uh, his bedside. And when he saw um, that his grandfather was ailing, um, he quickly got up and he ran. He re- immediately set off to visit his father, and his father came back, bringing back Menashe and Ephraim so that they could get blessings before he passed away. Vayaged Yaakov, this is verse 2, someone told Yaakov, Somebody said to Yaakov, look, your son Yaakov, Yosef has come to you. Vayitchazek Yisrael, and he became strengthened, he summoned up his strength. Vayeshev alamita, and he sat up in his bed. Now, that's very interesting. He, Yaakov was the one that was really sick, but he got up and sat up in his bed in deference to the fact that Yosef, um, who was the ruler, you know, required that, that, uh, that honor, that respect. Yaakov says to Yosef, God Almighty appeared to me. Beluz be'eretz kanan. He appeared to me in the land, in, in the city of Luz, in the land of Canaan. And he blessed me. And he said to me, Behold, I am going to make you fruitful and numerous, and I'm going to make you into an assembly of nations. And I will give this land and I'm going to give this land 
to your offspring as a property forever and ever. So basically, what he was saying was he was now reiterating the blessing that had been given to Abraham, to Yitzchak, to Yaakov. He's now passing it on to Yosef and saying to Yosef, um, I received this blessing from God and know that the land of Israel was given to you by God um, as an inheritance forever. And this, again, is re-emphasized to ourselves today in 2022 for us to remember that while there seems to be so much still, so much dispute about um, Israel and about who it belongs to, from a Jewish perspective, it's very, very clear. This land was bequeathed to us by God, to Abraham, and to Abraham's descendants, Yitzchak, Yaakov, going to Yosef, Yosef to his children, who are the 12 tribes of the Jewish people, which, of course, we are the descendants of. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. We're going to continue now on verse 5. So the first thing that Yaakov tells Yosef is he reiterates again the promise that the land of Israel will be to the, the descendants of the children of Abraham forever and ever and ever. Be'ata, and now. Shnei vanecha hanoladim lecha be'eretz Mitzrayim, your two sons, who were born to you in Egypt, at Boyelecha Mitzrayim, before I came here to Egypt, what are they? Lihem, they are mine. Ephraim and Manashe, Keruve and Vishimon Yehuli. Ephraim and Manashe will be to me like Ruvain and Shimon, meaning that Ephraim and Manashe will be counted as if they are my own sons. And each of them, as you will see, um, each of the tribes would land up getting a portion in the land of Israel. Each of them, too, will receive their own portion in the land of Canaan. Now, um, one of the interesting things over here that we are told um, behind the scenes is that we are told when a couple has intimacy, it is very, very important for them to be in a right mindset. And a right mindset means that they should know that they have the ability to influence the nature of the soul transmitted to any child conceived at the time. Because at the time of intimacy, a soul descends down for the child and it stands near the couple's head. And it says that if one um, is of a holy nature and one, one has a proper merit, one can actually see the soul. So what Yaakov was telling Yosef was, I know that I was actually supposed to have 14 sons, not 12. Ephraim and Menashe were supposed to be my sons, and they were supposed to be born as twins um, to my concubine, Bila. But what had happened was, if you remember back in Genesis, there was a minor sin committed by Reuven. He confused Yaakov's bed and he took it out of Bila's tent and he placed it in layers. And what happened was he, because those souls were supposed to come down that night, if I was to be intimate with Bila, they didn't descend. Hashgacha Pratis, Providence now had decreed that those souls would remain on high and that they would be then conceived 
to to you when you married Osnat. So whilst they were were uh, fathered by you, I'm telling you that Ephraim and Manasseh are to me like Ruvain and Shimon. They are literally my children since they were originally destined to be fathered by me. Now, how do we come back to the 12 tribes um, of Israel? Well, Yosef moves away, Ephraim and Manasseh move in, and Levi doesn't get a portion in the land of Israel because they become um, the, the priestly tribe. Let's continue on verse 6. But if, if, says uh, Yaakov, if you have children born to you after them, those children will be yours. They will be called by their brother's name um, with regard to inheritance. Meaning, what he was saying was that if you have any other sons, Yosef, they will not be considered my children. They will be included under the banner together with Ephraim and Manasseh. Only Ephraim and Manasseh would be considered tribes. So this is like an incredibly special thing. And we will see that it actually has um, a huge repercussion as we follow in. If you are at home, open up a Bible. We're on chapter 48 of Genesis. We're now going to look at verse 7. And I, when I came from Padan, meaning when Yaakov was running away from Lavan, he came to a place called Padam Aram, Rachel died on me in the land of Canaan. On the road, he says, a short distance away as we came down to Ephrat. And I buried her there along the way to Ephrat near a place called Beit Lechem. Now, why are we discussing this now? Yaakov is on his deathbed. The first important thing he told Yosef is that Ephraim and Manashe were really his sons. Spiritually, they're going to be considered part of the 12 tribes of Israel. Why go back now and dig up a very painful part of history and talk about Rachel's death? Well, the reason the Midrash tells us is that he went and said, I, I know you can, I, I acquiesce, I acknowledge that I'm making you go into the trouble of bringing me to Hebron for burial. We discussed this last week, that he made Yosef swear that he was going to take him back to Hebron, to Marata Machpelah. And he felt that probably insinuated in all of this, though Yosef was very um, respectable and he honored his father and he didn't outwardly have the chutzpah to question his father, somewhere deep down inside, Yosef could have felt, well, why, father, are you making me, with all the hassle of taking you back to the land of Israel, to have you buried in Marata Machpelah, whilst you didn't do that for my mother. You are much closer to Marata Machpelah than I ever was. Okay, you just buried her um, in, a, in, a, in an unknown place. Um, 
wherever she died. And it really, really was not that it was so hard for you to carry on traveling to bring her to Maratha Machpelah. And the Midrash goes on to say that Yaakov said to Yosef, and I have no, I don't have an uh, excuse of, it's not an excuse of being lazy because it, she didn't die during the rainy season because I, I could have used an excuse that there was mud and I couldn't bring it to Hebron. The roads were dry. The roads were good. Okay. And he, he said, he says to, to Yosef, I'm sure you still have complaints against me about, about this in your heart. So I want to explain the reason, my son, why I did it. And he goes on to tell uh, Yosef, and this is all in the Midrash, not, um, not, not in the physical verses. He went and said that it was not God forbid because I was lazy to bring him to Hebron or Beit Lechem. It's because I received a divine providence, a, a divine, sorry, divine inspiration about the future. There will come a time says Yaakov to Yosef, when your children will go into exile and they'll be driven out of their homes from an evil king called Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar will transport them from the land of Israel to Babylonia. This is after the destruction of the first temple. And as they will be taken captive and taken to a foreign land, they will pass by your mother's grave and God commanded me to bury Rachel there so they would pass by her grave and she would pray for them. That's why, again, if you look at the words, it says there that Ekbereha Shambaderech Ephrat, I buried her on the way to Ephrat. He Beit Lechem. Um, he could be, she is a Beit Lechem. Now, what is Beit Lechem? Well, in English, we just translate it as Bethlehem. But Beit Lechem literally means a house of bread. But it also could be Locham, the same letters, just different vowels, a house of war. So what was this saying? It was saying that Rachel would be the one, he Beit Lechem, she would be the one who would wage war. Who would she wage war against? She would wage war against the heavenly accusers and she would seek um, mercy from God. And that's why we've got the very famous saying from Yirmiyahu, from Jeremiah, Kol Barama Yishma, that a voice will be heard in Ramah, Rachel Mevakeha Albaneha, that Rachel is crying over her children. So that is why. It doesn't, it wasn't that he did, he was lazy or that he couldn't or that it was muddy, it was too rainy. There was none of that. Is that God said to him, put Rachel in the way of where the children would go out in exile because what more can be done but for a mother to cry over the children and stir the heavenly, uh, the heavenly mercy. So you can ask an obvious question here. I don't know if it's, you know, it kind of like crossed your mind. It did mine. If Yaakov was defending the burial of Rachel along the roadside, why did he choose this time to do so? Okay. Um, he should have, if in context, 
He should have defended himself immediately after he instructed Yosef to bury him in the Machpelah in Hebron, right? Last week, when he gave him all the instructions about ensuring that he, uh, he bury, bury, the, bury him in Hebron. Why didn't he talk about it then? Why all of a sudden did he, did he uh, speak about it now? Well, we've got to go back again in time and we've got to go look at the verses be, um, previously where, if you recall, when they were young, when Yaakov was young and he had his two wives, Rachel and Leah, and he had his two um, other wives, his two concubines, Bila and Zilpah, and they were busy building the Jewish nation. We know that um, that Rachel found Dudaim. She found love flowers. Okay, and apparently they had they had the ability to to help a person with fertility. And when Ruuvain found the Dudaim, sorry, I apologize. Ruuvain found Dudaim, and Rachel bumped into him, um, and she went out and asked Ruvain for them, and that made her sister Leah upset. And what did Leah complain? She said, isn't it enough that you took my husband's love? You should also now take my son's love flowers, my son's to die him. And what did Rachel reply? All right, um, I will make it up to you. You can allow my I will allow my husband to come sleep with you tonight and in exchange I will get your sons to die him so um, there are two opinions over here one opinion says that God was very pleased with what Rachel had done it was a sign that she wanted to be close to Yaakov um, and she wanted the love flowers for this purpose and therefore when the birthright was taken from Uvain because he, he moved the bed from Bella to Leah. Okay, it was given to Yosef in the merit of the love flowers that his mother wanted. Another opinion goes and says, no, Rachel's act was considered wrong because she exchanged a night with Yaakov in return for the love flowers, and therefore she was not allowed to be buried with Yaakov in the Machpelah cave. So Yosef was aware of both these possibilities. He wasn't sure if his mother was being punished or she was, in fact, gaining reward. So when Yaakov asked Yosef to bury him in Hebron, he didn't complain because he assumed the second opinion was correct, that because she swapped him sleeping at her for those flowers, she lost her misdeed. Um cause that she should not be buried in, uh, in, 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 in the Machpelah. Nevertheless, now, what you can see, okay, is that because Ruvain sinned and he moved the bed of his father from Bila to Leah that night, he lost the birthright. And who got the birthright? Yosef got the birthright, okay? And he says, could it have been that um, it was because of my mother's selflessness of giving up my father to her, to her sister for the night that I, that I, uh, that, that I gained the birthright? So 
Yaakov is discussing it now because he's talking about the fact that Ephraim and Manasseh are going to be heirs. They're going to land up getting the same amount of land as the other ten sons and that Yaakov had earned the birthright now and it had been transferred from Ruvain who lost it to Yosef who got it and that's that's how this entire um, scenario will now unfold. We're now going to look into verse 8. Vayar Yisrael et b'nei Yosef. He sees the sons of Yosef. Vayomer mi'ele. Who are these? Well, if you see them, why are you asking who are these? So we are told that he actually was blind. And he didn't see them physically. And that's why he's asking who are these? Okay. Um, because um, he, ha- he sensed them. He couldn't see them. But very interestingly, he did see them. How did he see them? He saw them through his mind's eye. Remember, we're talking here again about a tzaddik. And a tzaddik is able to see beyond. Now, why does he say, Mi ele, who are these? Well, if you can even see with your mind's eye, you will know that you're looking at Joseph's two sons. So it says that for a moment... The divine presence left him. Why? Because in the future, Yaakov saw that evil people would come from the sons of Ephraim and Manasseh. Yeruvam, Ahav, and Yehu, three kings. Okay, two are descendants from Ephraim. One is a descendant from Manasseh. They would become wicked individuals. And that's why he uses the word, Mi Ele. Who are these? What is Ele? Ele, if you look further on in Exodus, in verse 32, um, chapter 32, verse 8, when they are serving the golden calf, they say, Ele, these are your gods, Yisrael. Meaning, um, there, 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 is, there is Avodah Zorah. Now, these kings led the people to commit idolatry. So, Yaakov goes and says, First of all, he can't see them physically. I see them spiritually. And do you know, Mi'ele, there are going to be those from the descendants of them that are going to um, come up. They're going to be wicked people. They're going to cause the Jewish people to serve idolatry. But back at the ranch, Yosef thought or understood that Yaakov was asking me, Eli, who are these people? Why was he asking that? Because he couldn't see. Now we're going to go see what Yosef says to his father. But this is 101.9 Chai FM. Chai FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. So how does Yosef respond? By Yomi Yosef El Abib, Yosef says to his father, Banai him. These are my sons, Asher Natan Li Elokim Bazeh, whom God has given me in this place. Vayomar, so Yaakov says back to him, Kachem na Eli, bring them to me, please, Vaavarachem, and I am going to bless them. Now, there was a lot of intimation between the lines as to what what was really, really happening here. First of all, 
in the beginning, Yaakov goes and says, Mi Eile, who are these? Because he's seeing um, descendants that are going to serve idolatry. So when Yo- uh, Yosef says, Father, they're my children, and he says, bring them to me, we're told in the Midrash that Yosef showed his father the marriage contract that he had drawn up when he married. And he he said um, to Yaakov, here's a marriage contract, and look at this. And he pro- he provided that golden little tablet that was hanging on Osnat's neck. For those that have been following every single week, do you remember Osnat had a a little tablet around the neck, and it said, the one who takes this daughter of Dina will be marrying one of Yaakov's descendants. And he pointed to the words that Yaakov himself had written and said, these are the sons that that God has given me through this tablet. And that's why he went and said, now bring them to me, I will bless them, because I see that they're legitimate children and they deserve a blessing, and I will not pay attention to the future descendants. Israel kavdu Israel's eyes were heavy with age. and he could not see. so Yosef brought his sons near to him. lahem, he kissed them. yichabek lahem, and he 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 hugged them. Okay, um, his eyes were, he was not completely, um, he was completely blind now. What had happened is that his eyes dimmed with with age. So um, he's now bringing them close in order to bless them. Yaakov says to Yosef, I never hoped, says says, uh, says Jacob to Joseph, I never hoped to see your face, but now God has even allowed me to see your offspring. Isn't that incredible? Now, that in and of itself, just on a literal level, is I cannot believe my blessing, my luck, my fortune, my you know my my good fortune. I never ever believed I would ever see you alive again. And look at this now. I can I can see my grandchildren also. And this is a blessing. We speak about it all the time. That um, in life we spend so much time bringing up our children and and you know trying to uh, raise them so that they too should raise families. For all those that are grandparents, um, we know and we can see that the, the great nachas that we get when we see our children's children. Isn't it that, that old adage, um, if I knew how great my grandchildren were, I would have had them first. Anyway, um, so this is what Yaakov um, said. And then, Yosef, Oitam, Me'im, Birkav. He took them from between his knees, Vishtachavu, Apav Arza, and he himself bows down to the ground. What will happen is, that um, Yosef would um, bow down because he would see now that Yaakov would be blessing the children. How did he actually bring the kids? He put Ephraim in his right hand to Israel's left and Manasseh in his left to Israel's right. And he came close 
to him. What did he do physically? He put on the lap of Yaakov, on Yaakov's right-hand side, the older son, Menashe. And he put the younger son on the left-hand side, um, on the left side, hand side uh, lap of of uh, of Yisrael, and and that was that was on purpose because Menashe was the older. There's Menashe and Ephraim, and Menashe should get the blessing first. And we know that in in Judaism we place a lot of emphasis on the right hand side. The right hand side being far more dominant and being this place of Chesed. We always do things with our right hand. That is, as long as we are not a lefty, then you swap things around. But for the majority of us, Vayishlach Yisrael et Yimino Vayashet al Rosh Ephraim vehu hatzair vet smolo al Rosh Menashe sikel adiadav ki Menashe habachor. But what had happened, what happened then is that Yaakov stretched out his right hand. Now, again, Menashe is on his right lap. Ephraim is on his left lap. And if he's going to bless them both, he's going to lift up his hands and he should place his left on the guy that's sitting on the left and his right on the guy that's sitting on his right. But what happened was is that he swapped it. He put his right hand on the left, which means Ephraim, the younger chappy, younger boy, got it. And his left hand on the right um, to Menashe. So he he swapped over, even though Ephraim was the younger grand. And uh, he blessed Yosef, and he said, The God before whom Yitzchak walked, who had been my shepherd from my inception until this very day, what would he? What should he do? And he has very, very famous words that we sing and we say um, as a blessing and, and, and we sing it to our kids. Hamalach ha-goel otimi the angel who delivered me from all evil. Yivarech et you should bless the boys they should bear my name, and they should bear the name of my fathers, Avram and Yitzchak, may they be like fish becoming many in the land. Quite phenomenal. Um, now, there was basically, we know, an angel whom God had sent to deliver Yaakov always out of all evil, Um and that angel, we are told, it was none other than the divine presence. And so basically he was saying, may these boys, Ephraim and Menashe, may they bear not only the names of myself and my, my forefathers, but that they should be guarded by this angel and that they should multiply like fish. Why like fish? Well, for two reasons. Just as the evil eye has no power over fish because they are underwater, so too um, may we have no power, may there have be no power of the evil eye over your offspring. And another reason, why should your children be like fish? Because fish grow in water and they're to- totally surrounded by it. Yet when a raindrop falls, we're told they drink it up with thirst as if they've never tasted water before. Says uh, uh, Yaakov to Yosef, your children are immersed in Torah, which is likened to water, and when they have here a new thought, they should drink it with such a thirst 
as if they had never heard a word of Torah before. And basically, he was blessing Ephraim and Menashe. Why does it say, Vayivarech et Yosef, he blesses Yosef? Because we are told when a man has good children, no one is more blessed than he, because the blessing that Yosef, that Yosef's children were getting were a blessing for him as well. Absolutely incredible and beautiful, beautiful words. But Yosef is pretty jittery. And we're just going to go for a quick break, and we are going to go and see what actually happens between Yaakov and Yosef. This is 101.9 High FM. High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Right, let's just finish up the last few verses. By Yomer Yosef El Aviv, Yosef says to his father, This is not correct, my father. This is incorrect, my father. This is the one who's the firstborn. Place your hand on his head. Okay? Um, his father refused. And he says, he says, I know, my son, I know. He will become a great nation, meaning he's talking about Manasseh being the elder one. He will become great. However, his younger brother will become even greater and his offspring will become fully-fledged nations. Okay, Who would be coming out of Ephraim? None other than Yehoshua. And Yehoshua was second in command to Moshe and brought the Jews into the land of Egypt. So he wasn't diminishing the status of Menashe. The reason why he swapped his hands around because he saw from Ephraim that somebody as great as Yehoshua would come from um, Ephraim. He blessed him on that day, saying, This is how um, uh, Israel will uh, bless you. That God should bless you or make you like Ephraim or Menashe. And that's why he put Ephraim before Menashe. It says, On that day, on that day means that Yaakov knew they would have descendants, okay? And the descendants will always use this blessing. Can you be? You should be like Ephraim and Menashe. And while we look at it on a practical level, the Midrash goes and says the words, Yesimcha Elokim ke Ephraim, Menashe me Hashem, make you like Ephraim and Menashe. These few words include all the blessings in the world. And that is why when we bless our sons, we say the words, Yisimcha Elokim ke Ephraim Menashe, and then we say the words Yevarechacha Hashem Vishmarecha, may Hashem protect you, and we complete saying those verses. And so this is the first part of the blessings that were given to the sons of Yaakov. Yosef's sons get these incredible, incredible blessings. So please God, when comes Friday night, and it is a custom for the fathers to bless the sons. <clears throat> hopefully you'll have a better understanding of what this blessing is. If it's not your custom, it certainly is a custom for sure before Erev Yom Kippur for children to come and be blessed by their parents. Hopefully you will have a greater understanding for that as well. And on that note, I wish you a beautiful week ahead, a Shavuot Tov, and please God, I'll see you next week.